Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Joined this afternoon by Todd Gilliland ahead of this weekend's race at Pocono. First off, man, how you doing? And are you uh, are you ready for this weekend? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I just came off of a, a Monday race at Loudoun. It definitely makes for a short week, but um, definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Pocono. I think uh, hopefully our team can, can keep building and uh, you know bring some a fast car this weekend. Is there any challenges when you have a race on Monday, so you have, you have one less day off, are there any challenges heading into Pocono this weekend that, you know, having one less day during the week, you know, brings up or not so much? Um, I wouldn't say as much from my side, um, but definitely from my team and like the engineers, um, you know, we had our, our competition meeting today, which is kind of debriefing from the last week and, you know, like yeah. you said, normally you go into that really prepared for Monday, having that um, just that one day off to you know get your information straight and all that. Um, where today we're all just kind of you know talking about random stuff on the fly, um, and for them it's it's more about you know just getting refocused on on this week. I'm sure it doesn't make it easy, but you know, luckily from from here on out, I think um, you know heading into Pocono, they should be able to to catch back up and, and be right where we need to be. Cool. So you mentioned the Monday race at Loudon. It seemed like there's just no grip at that track watching that race. It's just like, obviously the rain washed away, probably a lot of the, the rubber that you would have needed, but is there any grip to even begin with? I mean, I remember kind of watching those races and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen it that look that tricky to keep the car kind of running how you want it. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a challenge. I think, um, you know, every single race you're going like, you know, kind of to the edge of the tire uh to the grip um but you know this was a little bit different tire this year at, at Loudon and a little bit less grip overall kind of actually softer tire but falls off a little bit more um so yeah I, I think Loudon's always a place too that's just very challenging just really flat you don't have much grip at all the entries are really fast um and like I said there's no banking to catch you so yeah it definitely makes it challenging you saw you know a few guys just kind of you know have issues on their own it's been a while now since we've seen that so uh, kind of interesting just you know there's always constant challenges with uh, the next gen car just how you have to run the car how you you know the ride heights you run it at um, and all that stuff so yeah I think you know guys are still continually learning but at the same time like you said this kind of seemed like a, a flashback race from last year when guys were you know having a lot of issues on their own yeah kind of leads into my question you know, you're you're running the the next gen car now have there been any 
unexpected issues that maybe you guys didn't find in testing or you know as you you know do more and more races with the car you're on still haven't quite mastered that compared to you know what i've driven in the past yeah i think there's always just going to be you know little misfit challenges along the way right i think there's definitely a lot of you know stuff that people caught during testing that we never really had any issues um, and honestly, we, we felt like we were pretty lucky and just like <laughs> waiting for something to happen. But, um, no, honestly, nothing really happened. I think that, that helps a lot with having a, you know, we have a, an alliance with RFK racing and, um, I think they went through a lot of the challenges and kind of were able to hand us some of the information to, to avoid those. But, um, yeah, I think there's still just little things, you know, the sequential shifting, uh, is different every week. Um, you know, just how you do a pit stop is a little bit different. Um, you know, our pit guns, there's, you know, the one lug that we've seen issues with those, you know, kind of week in and week yeah. out at times. And, um, I think it's some of the same problems, but just, you know, stuff that's just always going to be, you know, in the back of your mind when you're racing these cars. You mentioned that Alliance with RFK racing. I think a lot of our listeners generally we're, we're working to get into NASCAR. It's kind of new for us are generally IndyCar F1 fans. So can you explain a little bit how the, the Alliance works? Like what, what do you share with RFK? Okay, what do you get from them? How does that work? Yeah, so um, you know, for us at least uh, with RFK, we get you know we're able to send our cars to their Hawkeye system, which is kind of you know, their their tech process. Um, you know, some of the bigger teams have have their own um, at their shops, where you know we don't as a smaller team. So that's kind of our access to that before the race. I think we go a couple times during the week. And, um, you know, just be able to get our car a little bit closer, pushing the limits more to when we get to the racetrack. Um, the second side of it is like simulation stuff. So, um, all the, all the different tools that our engineers need to be able to build a setup, run laps, uh, you know, the manufacturers go out and scan every racetrack. Uh, it's, it's crazy actually, you know, every single bump, everything, uh, is in the sim and, and you can plug in whatever setup you want and, and see how it goes around the track. So, um, I'd say those are the two biggest things for us, you know, in real life is getting our cars, our body, the underbody pan, everything, you know, maxed out. And then from the setup side, just giving them some sort of target to, to shoot for, um, you know, a lot of times it's not exactly right or else, you know, every, every single team would have the, the perfect setup by the time race came, but, um, it's definitely a good place to start for us. So I wanted to ask, I don't know if you've even seen this yet, but it just popped up onto my my news feed that NASCAR is going to police restarts a little bit more after uh, the lap 71 kind of restart drama last weekend at Loudon. Have restarts you know, to you in the car kind of been an issue and, and gotten more chaotic than they need to be? How do you feel about NASCAR coming out and say we're going to be more stern this week? Yeah, I think um, I think it kind of just comes and goes in waves, really. I think um, you know NASCAR will will crack down, and it seems like you know guys. I mean, everyone's capable of having a <laughs> a fair and competitive right. restart, um, but you know, as the leader and, and as you go further up, it's um, I mean, there's just little things you can do, right? For a while there, people were laying back really far and getting big runs and going three wide, like as soon as you cross the start finish line. Um, it seems like that's gone away a little bit and now it's more so like in the restart zone of actually firing uh, and getting going. So um, yeah, it's just different things, right? As competitors, I think we're always all pushing the limits to, 
um, to the very edge. And uh, especially at a place like Loudon, I think it's all kind of exaggerated a little bit just because we actually have wheel spin when we try and get to the gas and then just accordions worse and, and just makes all the gaps a little bit bigger. But um, yeah, I think overall it's good. I think it always just, you know, NASCAR polices everything how they think. And then, um, you know, I guess we just kind of see where we have problems and, and where we need more help. You notice getting sort of in the last few races before the end of the regular season towards the playoff that maybe even the restarts get a little bit crazier, more wild as people realize like stuff is on the line here. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was kind of the first time I felt that was at Daytona last year. Like, I guess that was the last race before. And, um, and then everyone knew the rain was coming, too. So it was like double intensity, like through the roof. We're, I think we we're like three and four wide. And um, and then the rain actually hits and it makes for a huge wreck. But I think even just going up, you know, the last few laps before the rain came at Daytona, like just running three and four wide, like guys are bouncing off each other at Daytona, a place where you should not be, you know, doing the stuff that, that everyone was doing and, and making it work. I think um, definitely gives me a huge respect for everybody. And uh, I think, yeah, even all the teams, uh, all the team members, everyone knows, you know, kind of what's at stake here. Um, you know, for us, we're quite a ways back on points, but, you know, still there's races that we feel like we can go contend, get a lot of points, if not, you know, contend for a win. So uh, I think that's the thing as, as a driver and like kind of as a leader is, um, you know, just really pushing everybody to, you know, reach, reach the heights that we all think we can. So I'm going to go off racing here. It's probably the toughest question we'll ask today. And we have a Spotify playlist that each driver that gets interviewed adds one song, whatever you want to add before a race that you like, or maybe that you're just, you're just vibing with right now. What, uh, and the playlist is ridiculous. There is everything from metal to country and weird EDM stuff that I don't understand. So Feel free to add, you know, name a song and, and we'll add it on there. Oh my. Oh, dude, that's like, that sounds like a place I'd be into. I love listening to all sorts of different <laughs> music. Uh, I'm on a big Lil Wayne train right now, but I think, I think some Morgan Wallen would be cool. I, I like, I like Morgan Wallen a lot. So I'll go uh, Man Made a Bar by Morgan Wallen. Got it. I will add that in there while Frenchie takes the next question. Back to racing, I guess you mentioned just a second ago that you've got some races coming up that you feel like you guys are going to contend at or, you know, you have a chance to get some good results. Can you sort of pinpoint any of those or do you like, is there one you feel especially confident about coming up on the schedule that you're feeling good going into? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, I think the road courses are, are really our strong races. Um, mostly last year like we pretty much struggled everywhere else except the road courses so uh that was a big one and then going into this year i think we've still continued to keep that up and and gotten a little bit better everywhere else so uh i'm really excited for the indy road course i think um last year we finished fourth there and we were honestly really fast all day all, all weekend so uh, i think with a little bit more experience there i think our car can be a little bit better and um there Watkins Glen and then Daytona I think those are the the ones that are really exciting to me coming up this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. I change, I'm going to ask a different question, but I'll get there. But Pocono is this weekend. It's a kind of a unique track. Obviously, you know, everybody knows all three turns are different. There's no turn four. You can fit seven wide at some points on the front stretch. What in, in a NASCAR makes Pocono so challenging? Yeah, I think for us, it's um, you know really just three different turns. Turn one, you're actually on the brakes fairly hard um, after a really long straightaway. And then um, you, know, you downshift into turn one. Turn two is really, really fast. Um, it's got a little bit more banking. It's really rough, like really bumpy. Um, I think you downshift again through there. But, you know, turn two to me is just one of the trickiest turns on the, the whole schedule. Just you, know, you barely lift, get the car pointed, and you're right back to the gas. Um, and then turn three is not as challenging. I feel like it's just more similar to, to, you know, a Phoenix turns one and two or even Loudon where we just came from, uh, just really flat sweeping long corner. Um, but I think just the difference between all three of those, right. If we went to a, a racetrack with, you know, two turn twos at, at Pocono, you'd be able to do it a lot better. You'd have a, you know, sure. stiffer platform on your car, more set up for the higher speeds where, you know, when you go into turn three, you really want something that, you know, roll over a little bit, maybe a little bit softer and turn better. So, um, no, that's for, for the crew chiefs and, and teams to decide, you know, kind of what's, what's best for, uh, the balance there. With that success, you were just kind of talking about on the road courses. What do you, I guess it's more of a street course, but what are your thoughts on, uh, the Chicago race that everybody kind of is still hyped up about and just seeing guys, I think what we just saw another announcement of a Australian supercars guy coming over to, to, to have his shot at, um, so NASCAR racing. So what do you think about those guys kind of coming over and competing? Like, what was that like to race with them too? Yeah. So I think first off, Chicago is amazing. I think, um, you know, going into it, there's just so many unknowns and I think humans just in general, right. We don't, we don't normally love just jumping off the deep end and, and going yeah. for it. But I think everyone is super happily surprised at how great everything went. I think it's definitely disappointing not to have, you know, all the fan experience stuff because of the rain, all the concerts that got canceled. But um, for me, it was, it was great. So I really enjoyed it. Hopefully we can go back to Chicago or, or other street courses in general. But um, And then for me, as a race fan in general, I think now I love all sorts of different racing. I think it's awesome that, that guys are getting opportunity to come over here and 
Um, and try NASCAR. I even see saw at Goodwood this um, this last week. There's a bunch of guys looking at the Garage 56 car. I think Alex Albon sat in it. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, a bunch of guys like that too from Formula One. So um, I don't know. I think everything that NASCAR is doing, like I said, the Garage 56 car, all that stuff is bringing such good attention to NASCAR. And um, yeah, I would love to try you know all sorts of different types of racing. So it's uh, it's definitely really cool to see other guys doing it. Is there a particular type of racing that you'd go over and try? Like if you had to pick one first, like if I put you on the spot right now, it's pretty hard, I'm sure. But like another category that you yeah. just go run in. For me right now, it'd be dirt racing, kind of cool. opposite of what we were talking about. But I would love to go try dirt racing, like in a dirt late model or even a sprint car of some sort. Just I love Bristol dirt, Knoxville. I, I won the truck race there last year. So um, I don't know. Part of me thinks I could do it, but but I'm sure for you. I'm sure it would be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I'll be at Williams Grove in Central PA on Friday, maybe Thursday night, definitely Friday night. But my, so I have one more question and, and then I'll turn it over to Frenchie for anything else. But so Goodyear is doing the tire test at Indianapolis later this month or early next month back on the Oval. So there's maybe some rumors going around that you guys will be back on the Oval in Indianapolis next year. How do you feel about that? Do you kind of you know prefer the road course there? You know, what are your thoughts? Um, I think for me, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge to go back to the oval. Um, I've never ran on the oval in anything at all. So, um, but yeah, I think from the prestige side of it, I, I think there's really no comparison, honestly, uh, between the road course and and the oval. Um, you know, like going there racing on the road course last year is really cool, but um i just feel like it's not the same right you're, you're not um you're doing the oval the normal normal traditional thing so um but honestly the road course is super fun too so i, I just don't see why we can't you know do both honestly um but yeah i think for just from a prestige side and, and all that i think you know to put a, a crown jewel type event back on the, the oval would be really cool i guess my last one to finish up is just a little bit about your your schedule i know you've run just a couple races with rick Ware this season and done obviously most of the stuff with front row but what's it kind of like switching between the teams and um you know kind of getting the chance to maybe learn different things and i don't know from the way that those two different teams work and i guess um i mean you seem like you're definitely proving you deserve the full-time ride next year so how you know what do you think you expect for the end of the season to kind of show that you you should be on the grid again um coming up yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it's just a big learning process. I think, uh, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was, I was really disappointed to, um, you know, have to go drive somewhere else. But, you know, to me, Rick, where racing has just been super welcoming and, and honestly super helpful with all the, the whole situation, right? So, um, and to me, those guys work really hard and uh, it's been really cool to just learn, like you said, a different, different type of, uh, of team, how they operate. Not many drivers have driven for two different teams in the next gen car in general. So, um, yeah, to, to be able to get it all, uh, all that new information going in has been really good. Uh, and yeah, just really happy with, you know, how the year has gone so far. I think that's made it a little bit easier having to, you know, switch, um, back and forth a little bit. Um, so yeah, I have two more races with, with Rick Ware racing coming up in the kind of the fall time, but yeah, it's, it's been nice though, to be back with, with front row here for a few weeks in a row for a while. There was just kind of broken up back and forth and there's an off weekend. And, um, so yeah, now it's back, to, back to being kind of in a good rhythm and, and hopefully build some momentum back. But, 
uh, yeah, as far as next year goes, I definitely hope to be back on, you know, in the cup series full time. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I think those talks are just beginning to start and, uh, I'm sure they'll go for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really happy with how the, the first half of our season's gone and, and hopefully we can finish it off strong. Nice. Well, again, man, thanks for the time. Uh, maybe you'll see you around at, at Pocono this weekend, but best of luck, you know, throughout the year, no matter what. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you. See ya. Thanks. Good talking to you, man. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.